Welcome to Smart Poker Study, the poker podcast for those who work to be better today than yesterday. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi. In last week's episode number 230, I reviewed Tommy Angelo's book, Waiting for Straders. It's poker study time, y'all. Thank you so much for sharing the show with some of your friends. You know, if you listen to this one or even last week's episode on Waiting for Straders and you think to yourself, geez, Bob or maybe Susie would love to hear this episode. They would learn so much from it. Hey, I appreciate it if you choose to share it with them. And some really good news. I had three brand new uh, Patreon supporters join us on this poker train. Mike Dumas, Brookie Hun, and Kai Tal all started supporting uh, within the past week or so. Thank you very much, Mike, Brookie, and Kai Tal for that support. I really do appreciate it. If you want to support the podcast just like these fine poker peeps, go to patreon.com slash smartpokerstudy. There are different levels of support with different rewards attached. And uh, just last week, I released the two new rewards uh, items for April. The first is the podcast reward, and that's about taking on challenges for poker growth. And I shared my current 30-day challenge, which involves poker play. uh, And I also talked about how I'm going to achieve that goal. And the video reward, it's perfect for anyone wanting to improve their poker math skills. Because in that video, I covered five completely different poker math concepts within one hand that I played. I looked at it from the hero's perspective and the villain's perspective and told you how to use five different poker math concepts. So that was really worth it. Uh, once you start your own support on the uh, on Patreon, you're going to get the current month's reward as well as access to the archive of patron-only content. So to start your support, please visit patreon.com slash smartpokerstudy. Okay, let's get to Alex Fitzgerald's book, Exploitative Play in Live Poker. Now, he really outdid himself with this book, let me tell you. It is so easy to read and super easy to pull lessons from it because I really like his writing style, right? He's writing as if he's like a football coach telling his team how to win the game and how to play against certain defenses and against their opponent's tendencies, right? But for us poker players, he's actually telling us how to exploit our most common opponents on the live poker felt. So what I'm going to do is review the book in this episode, and I'm going to give you three action steps that I took away from the book, along with the strategies behind each of those uh, action steps. So please visit the show notes page for everything I discussed today, along with screenshots and links at www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod two three one. And as a bonus today, for those who visit the show notes page, you can download a PDF worksheet that contains my 10 favorite action steps that I took away from exploitative play in live poker. It gives five study and five play with purpose tasks, along with checklists to help you stay on track while you're taking action with the strategies from Alex's book. So once again, just go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod two, three, one, and then fill out the box at the top of the page to get your free download. Let's get to it. Gambate. I wrote a song about it. Like the kid, kid go. So this is a great book. And Alex totally delivers on the promise of of this book's title, which is Exploitative Play in Live Poker. And let's break down that title. Uh, The first part is Exploitative Play. So this is basically all that Alex discusses in the book. 
You won't find any kind of GTO discussions or theoretical poker strategies here. He does mention GTO, but he kind of talks about it in that he prefers uh, exploitative play and he discusses the reasons why and everything. Uh, and as you know, when it comes to GTO, uh, I don't really discuss GTO other than like you've heard a couple episodes with Peter Clark when I interview him and talk about his stuff because he's big into GTO. Um, so I'm more on Alex's side of things where I'm a total proponent of exploitative play. And within the book, every strategy that Alex discusses, it revolves around plays that he makes or that his students make as well. He uses tons of examples throughout the book of where the plays work and where they don't work. He also discusses the types of players to tackle with your different plays, also the types of bet sizing to use, and the types of cards that you should be holding when you're attempting various exploits like donk betting or check raising, that kind of stuff. Now, this book is like a football coach's playbook. Um, football coaches, they have all their plays listed that, that their team uses against different defensive or offensive formations. And they choose their play based on what they want to exploit uh, or the weaknesses of their opponents they want to exploit. Alex presents the strategies here in basically the same way. He's kind of like a poker coach yelling at his students and telling them what to do to play profitable tournament poker against different types of opponents. And yes, I said tournament poker, and this book, it's centered around tournament play, not cash games at all. But all of the strategies he discusses, they're built around exploiting your opponents. So this means that if he tells you how to exploit like a super aggressive player with three bets, these same plays, they're going to work in cash games as well. So let's get back to the title. The next part of the title is Live. Now, I know that Alex does a lot of traveling and playing in live tournaments, and I'm sure he has a lot of students that do that as well. So he has plenty of live poker experience to draw upon. Now, all of the hand quizzes in the book, and there's quite a few of them, they're all based on live tournament situations that you're pretty common or that you see frequently. So, for example, hand quiz number 11 in chapter 6. This is what he says. The situation is a World Series of Poker event, 565 buy-in. You are dealt 10-6 offsuit in the big blind with 8 players at the table. The blinds and antes are 125, 250, and then the 25 ante. Here's what he says to help you visualize the situation. You are playing day 1 and the antes just kicked in. The cutoff is a studious man, mid-40s, wearing a cardigan. He open raises to 500. So you can tell, obviously, from that little situation or description right there, you know exactly what's going on in the situation. You know who your opponent is, what the stakes are, and all that stuff. These are perfect live game example hands. And because his book revolves around live play, it's probably difficult to experiment with a lot of the plays that he discusses. So for anybody who picks this book up to improve their live poker game, I really recommend playing online to supplement your learning so that you can practice this stuff over and over again, super cheap and in a short amount of time. Especially if you just like try to practice all this stuff in sit and go tournaments. You can experiment with three bets over and over all day long, value bets, isolating Olympers, practicing the double barrels, practicing your triple barrels. Um, you could do all this stuff on various boards and against various players. And you just really get to practice online. You get to practice so much more than live. Now, throughout the book, he mentions the word database a lot. Uh, from my experience, live poker players, they are terrible at keeping track of the plays they make and the plays that they face. 
So I think a lot of the database examples that he mentions in the book, I think they're taken from online player databases. Like the fact that most river seabets are called 70 to 80% of the time. So it's easy to get river value because they call you so much. It's kind of hard to uh, get databases from a ton of live players on how often their bets are actually getting called, right? Now, I'm fine with a lot of this live poker strategy being taken directly from online databases, though. Uh, and the reason why I'm okay with it, as he mentions at the beginning of the book, people play poker to feel good about themselves. And I think this is true either online or live. And because this holds true both ways, I think most players' tendencies are the same either way, especially when it comes to tournament play at your average player's stakes, not the super high roller kind of stuff. Now, I don't doubt that a lot of his students are probably good about keeping track of the plays they make in various situations. And he actually has a chapter dedicated to paying attention, and he explains how to take notes on your phone as opposed to a notepad so they don't know what you're doing. Now, the final part of the title is poker, right? Uh, but he is talking here about No Limit Hold'em. It's not just poker in general. I would imagine that a lot of these plays could work for Omaha or other community board type games because the whole book is about manipulating your opponents into making mistakes. And that's actually the subtitle for the book as well. The subtitle is how to manipulate your opponents into making mistakes. Nice and simple, right? So here's my final recommendation. I totally recommend it for any player who wants to learn how to exploit their opponents. If you're just looking for GTO talk, then stay away from this book totally. Um, but if you want to figure out what your opponent's tendencies are, um, look to exploit those tendencies, whether you're live or online, tournaments or cash games, it doesn't matter. This book is for you if you are all about exploiting your opponents. Alrighty, so I want to get into my six favorite quotes from the book. Uh, in chapter two, the chapter is called How Homo Sapiens Play Poker. And here's what he says. The reason 95% of people lose at No Limit Hold'em is they play too many hands and they play them poorly. And a little bit later in the chapter, he also says, you will not succeed at poker until everyone at the table is making fun of you. The next quote was from chapter four, and it's called The Three Bet. And I really like the mindset behind this quote. Here it is. A three bet is no different than you doubling down on a good blackjack hand. We're simply playing the game. To say we're doing anything aggressive when we three bet is to say we are doing something untoward to the player who opened, which is just not the case. A three bet is like Final Jeopardy, when you know the topic inside and out. You place a larger wager down, because you want to play for more money while the game is in your wheelhouse. The next quote is from chapter 9, called The Three Barrel. Here's the quote. If you're in a cash game that requires you to triple barrel bluff, then you are in a bad game. And I love that one right there. Nice and simple. The next quote comes from chapter 11, which was called Boards to Attack. Here's the quote. Most of the time when someone calls you on the flop, they have a pair that matches one of the cards on the board. You should really only continue bluffing if you think they'll fold those pairs. Alright, the next quote is from chapter 13 called Passive Games. And I love this quote in relation to how quote tough unquote games are nowadays when people are complaining about not being able to make money. Here's what he says. As long as there are games with limpers and four players going to a flop, then there is a ton of money in poker. All right, quote number six is from chapter 14 called Folding, 
And here's the quote. Show me a guy who can't fold a pair, and I'll show you a broke player. All right, here's the seventh and final quote from chapter 19 called, Pay Attention. He mentions in the uh, within the chapter that taking notes is a huge edge, and most players don't do it. Here's what he says about it. Most note takers do not take incredible notes. They just take any note. The idea is to pay attention to the game. Every time there is a hand, you must write something down. If you can't write anything down, then you didn't see the hand. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from. And of course, they have my three volumes, How to Study Poker Volume 1, Volume 2, and my latest book, Preflop Online Poker. And I'm pretty sure very soon, Exploitative Play in Live Poker by Alex Fitzgerald, the book we're talking about today, that's going to be available on Audible pretty darn soon. So to start your free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook download, go to audibletrial.com slash smartpokerstudy. And a few shout-outs today. Poker Tracker 4 was purchased through my affiliate link by Frederick Hammer. Thank you so much, Frederick. He went to smartpokerstudy.com slash pokertracker4 with the number 4 at the end. And for purchasing it through me, I sent him my smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4 as a humongous thank you. So thanks again, Frederick. And speaking of the Smart HUD, Dan Cooper and Eric Santiago both purchased the Smart HUD directly from me. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smart HUD. They already had Poker Tracker 4, so all they needed was the number one HUD to exploit their opponents. What we're talking about today, right? So they got that HUD. I also sent them a few video links to get more out of the Smart HUD and out of Poker Tracker 4. So thank you very much, Dan and Eric. And finally, some webinar purchases today. Poker Mathematics was purchased by Mike Dumas, Getting Aggressive, and the Opponent Destruction webinars, both of them, were purchased by Andy Bannister. Thank you so much, the three of you, for purchasing those. If you go to the show notes page, you can find links for those three webinars right there. Alrighty, back to class, poker people! So let's discuss my three favorite strategies and action steps from the book right here. The first one is a play with purpose action step, and I called it Profile the Two Players on Your Left. And this was taken from Chapter 3 called Preflop Play. Here's the action step. For the next five play sessions, use a piece of paper and write down everything you know about the two players on your left at each table. What are their preflop tendencies and their postflop tendencies? Do they three-bet a lot or call a lot? How do they approach their blinds? What do they do against C-bets? You really want to pay attention to whether or not they call or 3-bet from the cutoff and the button. These players can choose to play hands in position against you every time you open in the cutoff or the hijack, or in an earlier position, of course. So it only helps you to understand how they play the game. Plus, they're in the blinds when you are stealing on the button. All right, so that was the action step right there. And this is great practice because... Too often, we simply open a table or we sit down at a brand new table and we just start playing our cards, right? But as Alex teaches in the book, the most profitable poker comes from exploiting your opponent's tendencies. And the only way to do this is to pay attention to your opponents at the table. So if we know that Bob789, he never three bets out of the blinds, 
then we really know it's an easy fold if he three bets us uh, when we open raise from the button. And if Susie456, let's say she loves three bet bluffing from the small blind. Well, we can choose to open only a range that can defend against her frequent three bets. But here's the critical thing. We're only going to know these exploits and be able to utilize them if we're paying attention to the way Bob and Susie both play. All right, here's the second action step. It's a study with purpose, and it's called River Calls and Losing with Top Pair. And I took this one from chapter 14 called Folding. Here's the action step. Filter in your database for River Calls. Review 30 losing hands where you called with top pair. Determine whether or not the call was justified. Take the time to do full hand reading exercises with at least 10 of these hands. Make sure you're using Flopzilla to assign a preflop range, then narrowing it through the streets. So what was your opponent's final betting or raising range? How well did your top pair hand fare against that range? Record any mistakes made so you can work to not repeat them in the future, and seek to save money when it's evident your top pair is beat. Alright, so that action step, it goes right along with one of my favorite poker quotes that I shared with you earlier. The quote was, show me a guy who can't fold a pair, and I'll show you a broke player. Once you learn that top pair is not worth three streets of value most of the time, you're going to start saving yourself loads of money. You'll start folding to that third barrel, or to the river raise, or to the big donk bet uh, on the river, because you'll finally realize they're only making this play with hands that beat top pair. Alright, and the final action step is a play with purpose action step, and it's called Take One Note for Every Hand Dealt. And I took this one from chapter 19 called Pay Attention! Here's the action step. Play five focus sessions this week at 30 minutes each or do this over your next five live games. Have just one table open and force yourself to speak through the action as if you were a commentator. Keep a piece of paper in front of you to record at least one note, however small that note is, from every hand dealt. If you're playing live, take notes in your smartphone in Evernote. The goal behind this exercise is to train yourself to observe hands that you are not involved in and to pay attention to the action so you can learn a little something about each of your opponents. So I really like this action step because it's it's really easy to zone out or to become distracted and fail to pay attention, especially when you're not in the hand. Now in the book, Alex says that if you fail to make a note from the hand, you basically didn't even watch it. So by completing this action step five days in a row, we're working to develop the habit of constantly paying attention to the action and trying to learn from the way our opponents play their hands and from their showdown hands. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Choose one of the three action steps I gave you today and take action with it. If you find it helpful to your game, pick up Alex's book, Exploitative Play in Live Poker. Read it, then do the other nine action steps from the episode's free PDF download, which you can find in the show notes page. Now it's your turn to pull the trigger and do something positive for your poker game. You better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topping. There is another world beneath it, the real world. And if you want to survive it, you better learn to pull the trigger. This episode is not complete until you head to the show notes page at www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 231. 
Go there for screenshots and links to everything I discussed today and to get that free PDF download with 10 action steps that I took away from exploitative play in live poker. Thank you so much for listening today and a big thanks to Alex Fitzgerald for writing a poker playbook on exploiting your opponents. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or leave a glowing five-star review on your favorite podcatching app. And if you like taking action on what you learn in poker, pick up my book, Preflop Online Poker. Every chapter has at least four actions for you to take on and off the felt. Alrighty, poker peeps, in the next poker book-related episode number 232, I'm going to review Ed Miller's Poker's 1%. That's right, we're going from exploiting your opponents to playing GTO. And even though I don't really espouse the benefits of GTO poker, I believe you can learn from anything. And I'm sure that there is a lot to learn from Ed Miller's book, Poker's 1%. Word of mouth is the best advertising, so thank you very much for sharing this show with other poker people. Your sharing and caring is what helps us grow. Until next time, study smart, play much, and make your next session the best one yet.